Hello and welcome to the Tweed Coast Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message would inspire you, that it would build your faith, and that it would give you perspective on how God is moving in your life. So be blessed and enjoy the message. Hello church, welcome to our online service. Thanks for joining us and for being so flexible. We are with you church. If you are in lockdown or if that lockdown has affected your plans, maybe your business or stopped you from seeing loved ones, I just wanted to say to you this morning that you've got this, but even better than that, God has got this. We serve a God that works all things together for good. And I really wanted to tell you that this morning. I've seen it time and time and time again where he has turned what seems like impossible circumstances into good. So have faith this morning. I'm going to pray for you at the end of this message this morning. And I really believe that God is going to show up in your living room, um, if you're in bed, listening in the car, wherever you are, he's going to show up this morning. So if you are joining us for the first time, my name is Victoria. It's lovely to be with you this morning. I have called the Tweed Coast and Tweed Coast Church home for the past 11 years. I've also been serving alongside Pastor John and Amy to serving Jesus for the last 20 years. What an adventure. They send their love to you this morning. They are our senior pastors and they send their love. You have joined us in the middle of a series called Keystone Convictions. And we're going to continue uh, with that series this morning. It's covering the pillars of our faith and at the very core, what it looks like to follow Jesus. It's a real pleasure to bring you the word this morning. And wherever you are, I'd ask that you lean in to what God has to say. I want to start with a story. So I was raised in a Christian home and I was about 13 years old when I began to realize that not everyone was raised in a Christian home. What a shocking thought. Um, And I actually started to think maybe this whole God thing isn't real. I mean, some of my friends said that it wasn't. It was really unnerving to think that my worldview wasn't everyone's. And I was afraid to really even mention it to my parents. But with great courage, I came to my mum and I said to her, what if it's all not real, mum? And without missing a beat, with no cause for concern, my mother said to me, well, why don't you pray about it? My first reaction was like, what if no one's there? Like, what if no one hears me? And mum told me to simply go into my room and to ask God to reveal himself to me. I was terrified. I mean, I had given my heart to Jesus as a young girl, but my adult self had some doubts and some things that I needed to overcome. But I brought these doubts to Jesus. And so after dinner that night, I think Friends was on TV <laughs> back in the 90s, um, I, after dinner, I went into my room, I closed the door, all the lights were on. I mean, there was no one on stage, there was no band, there was no preacher. It was just me in my messy teenager room. I closed my eyes and I said to the ceiling, God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. In that moment, I was completely overwhelmed. I had this tangible sense of God's presence. It felt familiar and It was like a wave of peace and love just saturated my entire being. And I just couldn't stop smiling. And um, I felt safe and secure and loved. And in that moment, I just knew. I just knew. I just knew that he was there, that he was my father and that he was my friend. And that is the power of prayer. I said a simple seven words to God that night and he showed up. Today's keystone conviction that we're going to be talking about is the power of prayer. 
In Matthew 21, 22, it says, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. What an amazing statement. What an amazing statement. So let's keep talking about prayer this morning. I want to start at the very beginning. In Genesis 3, verse 8 to 9, I have a verse for you, and this is where it all begins. And we look at our original intent of what prayer was meant to look like. So it says this in verse 8, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man and the Lord said, Where are you? So we were created to walk and talk with Jesus. We were created to pray. And the first point this morning is that prayer is meeting with Jesus. I want to share some observations that I uncovered when looking at this passage in Genesis 3. The first thing was this, it reveals our purpose. It's our purpose, which is to commune and to pray with God. It's what you were designed for. Some other really beautiful things I saw in this passage is that it gives us a glimpse of the habit and the pattern of prayer, that God would come down and commune and be with his people. Um, When it says in that passage, in the cool of day, it also infers a specific time and a place at the cool of day. And I thought that was so beautiful that there was this set time and place where God would come and commune with his people. In the New King James Version, it says there was the sound of his voice. So we also see that there is a sound that God speaks to his people. This whole passage sort of evoked in me as well. There was a steady pace to this. When you read it, it says that God comes down and walks with humanity. So there's a daily walking with him. They heard the voice of God in the garden. And in prayer, God doesn't expect you to ascend up to him, but God will actually come down. It sort of says, I will find you and meet you there in that beautiful place. And when I read this passage, overall, it really speaks to me that prayer is pleasant and that it's refreshing. I love that, that our God is a good God. Prayer should be a delight. Even this morning when you heard the topic of the keystone conviction, um, the pillar of our faith, that prayer is powerful. When you heard that, what did it evoke in you? Did you think or do you think of prayer as kind of like a task, something you should be doing and maybe you're not doing enough? Or did it evoke in you a sense of like the history for you maybe that it was a beautiful thing, that it is a delight? It would be my prayer this morning that everyone listening would begin to discover or continue to discover the delight and the joy and the peace and the love and the refreshing and the meeting with God in the garden in the cool of day, that that would become what you think about when you think about the power of prayer. Okay, so we have discovered that prayer should not be a chore, that it's a luxury and it's a privilege. It's what we were created to do. We were designed to breathe, to eat and to pray. So let's keep talking about it. So we see in Genesis in the beginning that it's what we were created to do. But let me take you to the New Testament. In Luke 3, verse 21 to 22, it says this, When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. See, prayer is about meeting with Jesus. But my second point is that prayer is following the example of Jesus. Jesus prayed. It blows my mind. The scriptures recorded that it was his custom to pray, that he prayed earnestly. Jesus was God and he couldn't function without prayer. 
Isn't that phenomenal? Let that sink in and just wash over you for a second. So we know that when we pray, we meet with Jesus. But we also see it exemplified with Jesus and how he lived. All through scripture, he was constantly praying. I've actually gone to the scriptures and had a look. And um, there are 12 different types of prayer in scripture. And I want to share them with you this morning. So first we find the prayer of agreement. And this, by definition, is where multiple believers agree on earth with what heaven is saying. It's called the prayer of agreement. Then we have a prayer of confession. This is acknowledging your sin before God and then celebrating the forgiveness that you have received. Those two go hand in hand. Then we have a prayer of fellowship. This is what I tend to do the most. It's spending time with God in an activity that maybe isn't traditionally sacred or prayerful. I have an example here. So on my fridge, Pastor Amy um, preached a year ago, I think, and she spoke about um, 30 ways to pray for your child. I typed them up and it sits on my fridge. And whenever I go to get water out of my fridge, it takes a while because I've got one of those little filters. And as the cup fills up, I say one of the things. So I pray over my children's future spouse. I say, Lord, please protect my child's future spouse. May they know you, love you, and help my child follow you all the days of their life together. Ephesians 5, 21 to 33. And so sometimes when you're doing a certain activity, you can pray. There's a prayer of intercession, God leading, um, which is where God leads you to pray for the needs of a person, a place, or a cause. That's intercessory prayer. We have a prayer of listening. This is often what I do early in the morning when I haven't quite got the words to say. And that's sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening for him. Then we have a prayer of petition. That's seeing a need and praying for it. Then we have a prayer of praise. That's declaring the truth about who God is, what he has done, or what he has promised to do. Every time I go to pray, that's the very first thing I do. I just praise him for who he is. We have another prayer, which is praying the Bible. And that's where you pray the words of the Bible as your prayer. We have praying in tongues. That's praying in a personal spiritual language. It edifies you and your relationship with God. We have three more. Stay with me. Prophetic prayer, which is receiving a message from God for someone else. Then we have a prayer of thanksgiving. That's offering thanks to God. I say that one all day. Pretty much any time I pick up my beautiful baby girl, I say, thank you, Jesus, for her. Warfare prayer. It's confronting the kingdom of Satan with the weapons of God's kingdom. I love that one. So here we see all these different types of prayer that are all throughout scripture. We see things that Jesus had prayed and things that he had done and the rhythms that he sets. So church, you were designed to pray. There are so many different ways that you can pray. We follow Jesus' example as we pray. As a church, we believe in prayer. The Bible teaches us to pray. The Bible encourages us to pray. And Jesus sets the example. The Holy Spirit helps us. As a church, we create environments of prayer all the time. Do you know every team member that serves on a Sunday, before we even open our doors, one of the very first things we do is we pray. We pray. So there's only one thing left to do, and that's to pray, church. I pray that this morning that this message would just spark something in your spirit that would attract you to pray more with God. Lancelot Andrews, what a name, was a guy that lived in the 1500s and he was one of the great theologians and preachers of his day. After he passed away, his private notebook was discovered, so incredible, and it was published. In it, he'd written two lists and I want to share them with you this morning. 
The first list was times of prayer that he discovered in the Bible. And the second list was places of prayer that he had uncovered in the Bible. I'm going to share these two lists with you this morning. So here are some different times where you can pray, church. So the first time is always. Love that. Easy. The second time is without ceasing. All right, just keep it going. At all times, three times a day, evening, morning, and at noon is another combo that you're allowed to do. Seven times a day is a good one. In the morning, a great while before day is another time in scriptures. At daybreak is another scriptural time to pray. At the third hour of the day, at the sixth hour of the day, at the hour of prayer, which is the ninth hour in the evening, by night, even at midnight. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? You're allowed to pray at any time in the day. And here we have the places of prayer in the Bible. So you can pray in all these places, in the assembly, in the congregation, in your closet, there's a good one, an upper room, a housetop, the temple, on the shore, in a garden, on your bed, yay for me, a desert place. I don't know if there's any deserts near here, the sand dunes maybe, in every place. So you're picking it up, there's actually no limit to the places, the times and the different ways in which you can pray. Remember, it's refreshing and it's meant to be a delight. I love the words of Billy Graham where it says, true prayer is a way of life, not just for cases of emergencies. Make it a habit and when the need arises, you will be in practice. I love that. As you may already know, church, I went through an incredibly hard time a few years ago with multiple pregnancy losses and Pastor Amy encouraged me to pray. To be honest, I actually wasn't in the habit of a daily set ritual and time of prayer. Um, It was really hard with a toddler to find time to pray regularly. And who knows from about one year old to three year old that they're just very interruptive all day. I actually think that when I'm with my children, I have about 15 to 30 second intervals silence. And so my little boy would wake up around 6.30 in the morning So I picked 5.30 as my wake-up time. And for two months, I woke up at 5.30 every morning. And I did this. I just sat down with God. It wasn't always pretty. Often it was my Bible open, a cup of tea. I made myself sit up in the lounge room. And I would just begin to spend time with God. I'd open my Bible and I would just say whatever came to mind. Sometimes it was just sitting at the feet of Jesus. Sometimes it was thanking Him. Every day, actually, I chose to thank Him for the good things in my life. And the transformation in my heart at the end of those two months was just incredible. It's absolutely incredible, supernatural even. There are seasons that require us to binge on Jesus, to binge on Jesus. And I want to encourage you, church, to make it the first thing that you turn to in a hard situation, in the good times, that you would turn to Jesus and that you would binge on him. He is the source of everything we need. I challenge you to test it and to try it. In that two months, he turned my sadness into joy more than anything else could do. He was the one that did it. So we see that prayer is meeting with Jesus. We see that it's exemplified by Jesus. But prayer also sees Jesus move. It sees his power. It sees Jesus' power and sees him move. Do you know that there is power in your personal and private prayer? It is an incredibly powerful thing to do. There is power when you pray as a husband and wife. There is power as parents when you are praying with your kids or for your kids. 
There is power as business people when you are praying over your businesses. There is power when we as a community of faith gather and pray for God to work and to act in our world. There is power in prayer in every circumstance. When I'm down, I pray. When I'm confused, I pray. When I'm lonely, I pray. When I feel empty, I pray. When I feel angry, I pray. When I'm ashamed, I pray. When I'm stressed, I pray. Prayer should be our first response and our last resort to every circumstance that the world throws at us. You know, that story um, that I shared where I went into my bedroom as a young girl, that was 20 years ago. But this year alone, I want to share with you some ways that God has moved in this community through the power of prayer. So my husband, Jesse, and I, um, we sent our little boy to school for the first time this year. And I imagined it to be quite a beautiful journey, but it was shocking. It was actually terrible. Um, He did not want to go. He was very unhappy. And there was not a lot of peace in our home during that time. And so every day I would drop him off and he would have a good old cry. And then I would wait till, you know, I'd left him and then I would have a good old cry. And it was just a really horrible few months. I met with the school, spoke to them, and they pretty much said there was nothing they were going to do about it. I was doing all I could from home, but the situation wasn't getting any better. And they said no to a classroom change. So I was thinking I was going to have to change schools. But Jesse and I started praying over the Easter holidays. You wouldn't believe as well the community that were praying with us, just my closest friends and family. I was on the phone to the principal one night and Heidi, um, Petter's wife, she texts me in the middle of the phone call and I looked down and she said, I cannot get Theodore and his school situation off my mind. I'm praying for you right now. And as I was on the phone to the principal and I put the phone down, I said to my my husband, Jesse, what are we going to do? My little boy is so unhappy. It was breaking my heart. And we prayed and prayed and prayed. We went back to school the next term. They didn't actually even tell us, but Theodore started coming home and saying that that teacher wasn't in his room anymore. I was like, oh, did you have a good day? He said, I had a great day. It was really interesting. We found out later that the teacher had, there was been some movement in the teacher at the school, meaning that she wasn't in the classroom as much as before the first term. And the situation completely changed. We saw my little heartbroken boy move from being heartbroken into absolutely loving school. Drop off is fun now. And I know that it was through the power of prayer of both my husband and I and our community to see that situation changed. You know, during the month of prayer and fasting this year, my sister and I decided to pray over our business and get really passionate about praying over our business. And for the whole month we prayed. And on the very last day of the month, I had an invitation hit my inbox And it was an invitation to a small group of women. I couldn't quite believe it. I thought there was got to be a cost involved. These women were seven of Australia's most, um, to me, influential business owners. They were similar in that they were founders, owners and directors of their own companies at a level just above my own business. The entire agenda of this little small group of women was to see these seven women see our businesses grow. When the invitation hit my inbox, I almost fell off my chair. I couldn't believe these women were inviting me into their inner circle. And um, over the last six months, we've been meeting and we're seeing our businesses move forward. But this happened on the last day of the month of prayer and fasting. And my sister and I just high-fived and said, thank you, Jesus, because we knew that it was an answer to prayer. Do you know, miracle after miracle we've been seeing this year, even in my own personal life, I had a little bit of offense into my heart. And my mother had actually raised me that when someone offends you to pray a prayer of blessing over them. Who knows that's hard? Because you actually just want revenge. You want to hurt back when you've been hurt. But it's really, really hard to stay offended, bitter, angry at someone when you're actually praying for their life to be great. 
And through the last few months, I've been praying, praying, praying for this person in this whole situation. I've actually felt the weight of a fence lift. I'm sharing these stories with you, church, these practical stories in the hope that you would see there is power when you pray. When you pray, God moves. When you pray, heaven comes to earth. When you pray, you turn a physical situation into a supernatural one where God can come and intervene and have his way. You need prayer in your life. It's what you were made for. Jesus showed us the example and there is incredible power when you pray. I even think about eight years ago, I was sitting in a car at the beach with all the other women at Tweed Coast Church at that time, all four of them, and we were sitting there and we were praying for you. You know what, church? This church is built on the back of answered prayers. We are seeing the things happen today. And I can remember praying the prayers five years ago, six years ago. Oh God, would you bring young families to this church? Hello. Oh God, would you provide land? Hello. The more we pray, the more we are going to see heaven move, church. I think of what he can do and how he delights to hear the prayers of his redeemed people. Think of your place and your privilege in Christ and expect expect great things. That's by Andrew Murray. You know, when you pray, I want to tell you to get ready because when you pray in line with God's will, get ready for answered prayers. When you focus of the prayer is the giver and not the gift. Get ready for answered prayers. When your intensity of prayer matches the intensity of the problem, get ready for answered prayers. And when the size of your prayer matches the size of your God, get ready for answered prayers. God answers our prayer. My prayer is that Jesus would teach us the victorious assurance that God answers every true petition. Do you know, the world that we're in, It has skeptics that may question this. It has humanists that may deny it. It has intellectuals that may ridicule it. Yet we find in scripture this promise from Jesus himself that says in Matthew 21, 22, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Build your hope for a time and eternity on that divine fact that Jesus answers prayer. Church, this morning, I want to pray for you and I want to pray a prayer all together. So first, let me just pray for you. Dear Lord Jesus, I pray for every person that is wherever they are, in their lounge rooms, in their cars, listening online. Lord, I pray you would come into their hearts and Lord, you would evoke in them a passion to pray and to meet with you. So let's all pray this prayer together. It should be on your screen. Lord, I come to you in your precious name. Thank you that we can come to you in prayer. Thank you that there is power in prayer. I repent for not believing when I pray. Remind me that I am praying to a God of limitless power and supply. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is too difficult and nothing is impossible for you. By your Holy Spirit, help me to pray and make me a person of prayer. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in and through my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, church, so much for the privilege of sharing God's word with you this morning. I pray you be blessed wherever you are, and we'll see you back in a locale soon.